Now, I was given this cape a few minutes ago with the instructions that I was going to be Captain VBS coming up, okay? For, for some of you are great performers and you put a cape on and you, you just know what to do. And I've got to think through this a little bit. And so I've got a week to prepare. But we've got VBS coming up in a week, uh, starting not this Monday, it isn't tomorrow, but a week from Monday. And there is a prize for whoever one of our kids brings their most friends. And so Connie, where, where's Connie at? Connie? She has um, invitations that she'll have in the back today that she can give out. There's posters. There's all sorts of ways that you can invite uh, kids from your neighborhood, other families, so that they can come. Kids can come and hear the message of Jesus. And uh, this uh, starting the day would be the what day is it again? The twenty twenty fifth. Uh, Monday through Thursday. And so if you'd like to help out, you can see Connie Kirkland as well. I know she's got a lot of volunteers, but there's always room for more to, to come to the table and to help out during this time. Also, in the back, uh, in the foyer, there's a box that is says elders on the side. Carl Spiegel has allowed his name to stand to hear from the congregation if you'd like him to serve as an elder. And so if you have not filled one of those out, please do that today and just put it in that box, and then there'll be uh, more instructions coming here in the next weeks. All right, happy Father's Day. Uh, go ahead and turn to uh, Genesis chapter 6. Now, in, um, on Wednesday evening for the summer, we've been going through... Should I take the cape off? I should. Okay. No. You, Mrs. Schrader says no way. No, I'm not going to put this on Beth. There was plenty of notes. I should probably take it off. But I'm going to be working on my entrance here the next few days. So if you have, if you're a performer, if you know how to do that kind of stuff, you can uh, you can give me some insights and give me some tips on how to do that and how to slide in smooth or, or whatever. So we'll be we'll be we'll be learning a lot um, this week. Hey, we've been on Wednesday night going through uh, some character studies from Genesis, and last Wednesday night we spent some time talking about Noah and how he was a man of God and what what type of what did he do that really really was was different than the people around him. And so when we go to Genesis chapter 6 through 8, we see the story of the flood and the story of, of Noah into chapter 9. And so what happens is we see an example of someone who is a father that we can look to for guidance, but also for all of us. And the graduates today, they're going to be honored here in a few minutes. There is, I think Noah has a lot to say to, to you as well. And so we see from the beginning of the world, Adam and Eve sin, and there gets to be just more and more and more uh, disaster happening in the world and more sinful behavior. Something we talked about on Wednesday night. You think about, for most of us, if we live to be 90 years old, that's considered a full life. And just imagine for people before the flood living 900 years. If I decide to pursue a life of evil... I run out of energy before too long in the grand scheme of things. But if you could live for almost a thousand years and had, let's just say, you had a lot of energy for 800 of it, just imagine how evil a person could become. You can turn really dark. And so God says, wait a minute, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. I'm going to shorten the lifespan of these people. And you see that at the beginning of Genesis chapter 6. He says, this is not okay. We've got to to do this differently. And... It says in the first chapter of Genesis, or the first verses of chapter 6, that the thought process of mankind had become evil all the time. Now think about that. Put yourself in a situation. 
Put yourself in a situation where you felt like somewhere that you were the only person in the room that wanted to do right. And what did that feel like when you have, have felt that pressure? Now, usually that's not the case, like in the case of Elijah in the Old Testament. He says, I'm the only one, God, I'm the only one. And God says, no, there's 7,000 others that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. There's a lot more than you think, but we sure feel like we're the only one. And according to Scripture, Noah really was the one that stood out that had a righteous heart when everyone around him was absolutely the opposite. If you look at chapter 6, verse 8, it says, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. That's one of the phrases that is used for, for Jesus as he is growing. He grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And so God looked down and saw Noah and liked him, liked his heart, liked the things that he was doing. Skip down to verse 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. So, again, this is a term that we talked about quite a bit when we were uh, leading up to uh, working on appointing elders, is the idea of being blameless, one who has a heart that is pure before God. And so God is looking down at the earth, and people have gone so evil, and he looks down and he sees this one guy down there and says, man, this guy is righteous. This guy has got something that is different than everybody else. And so he speaks to Noah, and he says, what I want you to do, Noah, I want you to build this ark. And if you continue down in chapter 6, you see these instructions. I want you to build this gigantic boat because I'm going to destroy the world. I'm going to flatten the place with a flood and destroy everybody, and we're going to hit the reset button here. And this is what this, this boat is supposed to look like. This is how it's supposed to be put together. Quite an undertaking. And if you look down into chapter 6, verse 22, it says that Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And so Noah builds this ark over the next hundred years or so. Hey, quite, a, quite a time span there. I don't know. There, there's a lot of things that I can lose interest in after a few days, after a few minutes, after a few years. I lose interest in something and decide to do something totally different. But Noah, there's something about him that he understands, as God says, I'm going to destroy the earth in ways that people have never seen or never could imagine. And people are going on in life saying, hey, Noah, what are you doing? Why are you building this, this big boat out here in this middle of this dry field? Why on earth would you do that? That's ridiculous. And I don't know what Noah's answer was, but it must have been something like this. The God who created the world has told me to do this, and I believe that I just need to do what God tells me to. That's what I'm going to do. And so you can imagine the people around him that, that come from time to time jeering. And maybe, just think about this. Noah could have been excited about it for 70 years or 80 years or 90 years and then said, all right, I've done this for 90 years. I'm tired. I want a new hobby. I've got to do something else. But he didn't. He continued on and he finished that ark. And when he did, God spoke to him and said, all right, Noah, here's what's going to happen. Just like I told you, I'm going to destroy the earth. We're going to hit the reset button. And so the animals are going to come into your ark, one of each kind, male, female, and there's, there's more of, of some of the clean animals. They're going to come in to your ark, and you're going to save the planet by doing this. And we see that God brings all these animals into the ark. And look at verse 5 of chapter 7. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. You see it? It says it again. 
is that whatever God said for Noah to do, he did it. And we know the rest of the story, if you continue to read. The um, earth, the, the wells of the deep, it says, are opened. And water comes out. And up to this point in time, there had been no rain on the earth. Earth must have been very, very different at that point in time. And all of a sudden, the waters start coming up, and there's this giant flood. And you imagine the people around him, what they thought at that point in time. Ooh, wait a minute. I've always thought Noah was, was a, a strange dude, even before he started building the, the ark. You know, we went to kindergarten 400 years ago. Just kind of a strange dude. But here we are. He's right. And... The ark goes up in the water, and God, imagine, there's just a lot of questions I have about how that went down, and I'm going to ask someday when I go to be with God. But after God's mission is accomplished, the water recedes from the earth, and the ark is set down, and the first thing that Noah does when he gets off the ark, if you look into chapter 8, is that he builds an altar to God and makes a sacrifice to God saying, God, I'm still here, and I'm still willing to follow you, and um, I'm grateful for all that you have done up to this point in time in saving me and my family. He didn't say that specifically, but that's why I understand he's, he's coming to God in that. And God's response, look at it says here in verse 22, and this is God's response here. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. And he sends a rainbow. That was God's uh, original purpose for the rainbow, was for every time we look at it. And I saw one yesterday outside my our living room window, is for us to be able to look at that rainbow and say, God keeps his promises. Is that God will not destroy the earth by water again, but God will always find a way to save his people. And if when we fast forward, we know the rest of the story is that God brought Jesus in order to be the ultimate savior or search and rescue man to save his people. He saved us and he, he brought us into a relationship with God that is totally different. And Noah provides a great example for, for us and, and what we are supposed to be as fathers, as those of you that are graduating, and us as people and how we live. First thing I noticed about Noah is that Noah was a person that was patient. Um, we understand the fruit of the Spirit. You guys can say those with me, right? Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we could cut patience out of there, that would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? Yeah, right. Patience is something that, that God has. And God, you see in Second Peter, says that God, um, don't understand God's patience as slowness. God wants everybody to come to repentance. And maybe that's why it took so long for, for Noah to build the ark, and he took so long in order to hit the reset button, because God ultimately is a God that is patient. God does not want to hit the veto button. He doesn't want to throw the hatchet down too quick, but he is patient because he wants all of us to repent and come to him. And as, as far as, that's, that's, a, that's great for us. When we're people that are not patient, we tend to not allow others to grow up around us because we, we tend to, to, to say too much way too quick instead of allowing God's work to be able to, uh, to work, to come to fruition in the, the lives of the people around us. That's an important message for all of us is to be people who are patient like, like Noah. We'll come back to that. Noah was also persistent. You imagine that I think building an ark of that size 
isn't something that you could work for a couple days, leave it alone, come back a year later, work on it. But it was something that he spent day in, day out, working on this thing to, to save his family. And so he was one that was persistent. And so he was patient, he was persistent. And Noah also persevered. Whatever people said about him, however much he must have been tired of working on that ark and wanted a different project and wanted to do something else, he was willing to persevere and overcome whatever obstacles came that direction. And so he was patient, persistent, he persevered. And Noah was one as well. And we don't see, we see evidence of this in that he heard God's voice and he was also offering sacrifices. And part of that is prayer. So Noah was, was a, a person who demonstrated prayer in his life. He must have because he heard the voice of God. And, and you can imagine, I think if I would have been on a big boat when a big storm like that comes, prayer hopefully would be my first response to that. <laughs> this is scary. I'm not sure what all this is going to look like, and so I'm going to pray a lot because this is, this is a big deal, what's happening here. When I look at those four qualities there um, of being patient, persistent, one who persevered and one who prayed, those are pretty good qualities for all of us as fathers to pursue, aren't they? Because God wants us to be fathers who are patient. Uh, that's You see, Paul mentioned that. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, but train them up in instruction of the Lord. And, and that takes a lot of patience. I know my tendency at times is to, um, to think that um, my children should act better than they do. Uh, my brother-in-law said it very, good, very well once. Your age-appropriate behavior is, I'm allowing your age-appropriate behavior to drive me nuts. Now think about that. You know, that's, that's really what we say when we're saying, why don't you grow up? You know, I'm allowing your age-appropriate behavior to drive me nuts. But as fathers, we're called to be, to be men and fathers who are patient and uh, demonstrate the love of God through, through patience. If our children don't learn patience from us, then how can they understand the patience of God? Dads, we're also called to be persistent in doing good. I know our tendency, all of us, is to, to do good when we feel like doing good instead of doing good all the time, day in, day out. And that's what God asks of us. I know that I had a father tell me once that he had grown children, and he said, Chris, there was times where I, I should have done a better job, I should have been more patient, I should have been more persistent in doing good, but I just felt like I was so tired. And something I realized is that I am never guaranteed or promised in the Bible as I'm being a father, uh, times of rest. And you know, his point was, is that you'll rest when you go to heaven. Your job right now is to be on. Your job is to be persistent and doing good and be patient with your kids and, and also persevere. I know there's tough times that come along when we feel like we just want to quit, when we feel like we want to run, we want to do anything else, and we have plenty of examples in the world that will, that will say, hey, yeah, quit, bail, do, you know, do whatever, no big deal. But God wants us as fathers to, be, to persevere through the tough times and also the times of abundance. And when there's times of abundance, that we make sure that we give God the glory and credit for those and we don't become complacent, but we continue to lead our family to be faithful people. And God wants us to be people of prayer. Um, wow. There was a, a, a man that had, had raised um, boys that loved God. Um, and one of the things that he told me, he said, Chris, I think one of the most important things for, for you to do as a father 
is to make sure that your kids see you pray on a regular basis. Um, they need to hear you pray, and they need to see you praying. And I, he's, his recommendation for me was to take time where you just sit over in the corner, but in a place where the family's there, and have your Bible, and, and just be there quiet by yourself. Because what your kids start to learn is, wow, look at what Daddy's doing. This is a great example. I think that's, that's something that is probably a good example for all of us. For fathers, you think about this. Noah led his family through a, a ter- terrible flood, through a huge building project, and some brought them through you know, mostly intact. Uh, there, you see in chapter 9 there's some family issues that come to, come to the table. But in all that, I think we can look at Noah and say, wow, this is a guy that demonstrated godliness and he was, and these qualities that someone that we can, we can learn from. For those of you guys who are graduating, I know that uh, the elders are going to come up and give you a blessing here in a little bit. And I told uh, Shelby is not here today, uh, but I had a coffee with, with uh, her and Sawyer here this last week and just uh, talked to them, prayed with them about life and, and what, what lies ahead. But Shay and, and Briley are here and said that we were going to embarrass you guys thoroughly, but I'm not really going to do that. Well, I don't know, maybe I will. I'll think about it. We'll see how this goes here. But as I was thinking about these qualities here, there's, these qualities are tremendous qualities for life in general. And maybe um, you're, you're graduating or going into a new job or whatever the situation is. Here's some things to remember. Patience is very important because sometimes things just don't come together all at once. Uh, it takes a while, and it's important for us to lean on God and allow things to happen in His time because sometimes the, the most... The, the biggest problems we have are just having some unrealistic expectations about how fast I should be accomplishing this or that. Whereas if we say, God, I want my life to count for you. Lead me, guide me. I'm going to work hard, but I want you to be in, in, uh, involved in this path. Then we can learn to be more patient with uh, what, what comes up and the obstacles that may, may, uh, may change our direction. Uh, being persistent is very important in life in that there is uh, being pers- persistent means just continually finding something good to do that leads us in, in good directions. And I haven't found people who who um, who do well in life spiritually or any other way that have not developed some aspect of being persistent and saying I'm going to go and and I'm I'm going to do this every day. I'm going to be persistent with whatever goals I have and whatever dreams I have. Also, being uh, one who, is, who perseveres is, is extremely important in life. I had uh, one of my professors told me once, he said, something you guys need to understand, and I was very young at this point in time, I was at York, he said, college degrees have absolutely nothing to do with intelligence, and you need to remember that, okay? They have everything to do with perseverance, and I've learned that to be very true. It's a matter of continue going and going and going and never quitting. I know that I've got a friend, some of you may know him, Clint Hoxie. He is an optometrist in uh, Polson, Montana. He's part of the church there. He's uh, the president of the Yellowstone Bible Camp um, board. And one of the things, uh, it's, he's got an interesting story if you ask him sometime. Because he has somewhere on the order of, and I'll, I'll preface this here, an average bachelor's degree at MSU is how many hours? 120? 130 sometimes. Uh, Clint has 250 some odd undergrad hours. And 
he did that because he changed majors so many times before he decided he was going to become an optometrist. And he said, I needed every one of those hours in order for me to figure out what I needed to do. And maybe that's important for us to remember. That's a good example for us to remember, is that there's all sorts of obstacles come up in life. And if we think that we're going to walk through life and not have obstacles, then we're setting ourselves up for for a lot of disappointment. But realize that there's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be things that stand in our way. But how I respond to those makes all the difference in the world. And my job is to persevere no matter what happens, no matter things are comfortable or not, to persevere and continue on the path to do things that are right, that honor God. And so be patient, persistent, persevere, and be a person of prayer. When we continually commune with God, whatever happens in life, whatever comes up, God has a way of just walking us through those times. Um, one thing that I, I know for myself, and Noah and I, you know, we went to college together. It was a while ago. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm not that old for you guys. But anyway, there's, I look back, and it was a few years ago, and one thing that I wish I would have done less of when I was just finishing high school, going into what was going to be next, I wish I would have demonstrated... I did demonstrate a lot of concern in life and making good decisions. I wish I would not have worried so much. And by worrying, I mean is, is just fretting over things that I couldn't control or change. Because I, what I found is the things that I worried about as I was young, God had those, and I look back in life and think, why on earth did I spend so much time worrying about that? I wish that I would have just seen things more as... This is a great adventure. Let's see where God leads. And I'm going to wake up every morning doing whatever I can to be the person that God wants me to be. And living more simply like that is, has a tendency to help us realize the peace and joy of God a whole lot more clearly. And so that's a high prayer for, for you, Shay, Briley, uh, Shelby, who's not here this morning because she's working. Um, just we have, um, you have a family of people here that are really excited about this, um, that you're launching into your next phase in life. And you can always come here, and you will find people that love you and care for you very deeply. And that's true for all of us, hopefully, is that whatever our situation in life, wherever we find ourselves at any moment, we know that this group of people right here, we can come back and we can find the joy and peace of God that helps recenter us and helps us understand more of what God wants us to be. Uh, the elders are going to uh, to grab some some gifts and they'll come up here and with the families and uh, we'll honor our graduates today. If you would like to become a Christian or you would like prayers of the church, you're welcome to go in the back and there'll be people waiting back there to pray with you today. We'll stand and sing together. <laughs>